0: When Peter focused on the size of the waves, he began to sink in the water. When he focused on the size of his Lord, he was able to walk on water. Folks, it is that simple. On what is your mind focused? What are you
1: feeding your mind every day? Welcome to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. In the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, we hear an extraordinary story. Jesus quells the intense fear of His disciples as they sailed to Capernaum by miraculously calming a fierce storm. So what can we learn from this? Here's David with part two of a message called, Jesus Calms the Storm.
0: Jesus came to them walking on the sea But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. Now all of that is included mostly in Mark's gospel. And indeed, if you look at John as well, there's no new new information in these verses, except when you go to verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Now, pause for a second there. How do you see wind? I mean, I feel the breeze here today. I've been in gusts of wind, you know, 30, 40 miles per hour. You feel wind, but you don't see wind. What this is really saying is Peter didn't see the wind, he saw the results of that strong wind. Seven to ten foot waves. So when he looked at the waves surrounding him, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. A three word prayer. That's, that's another small little book I wrote that I want all of you to have as you're trying to develop your prayer lives. Three word prayers are powerful ways to reduce your heart's desire to the Lord and remember what to pray for. Here is one of the most powerful three word prayers in all of the Bible. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. The storm is intense. The waves are or high. I don't see how I'm gonna get out of this mess. Lord, save me. God loves that prayer. Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him. Now real quickly there, Jesus reached out his hand. Jesus is always the one who initiates. Jesus left the mountain to come seek them on the water. Jesus left the splendor of heaven to enter the squalor of this world. Jesus held out his hand. Now, when you hold out your hand, folks, what are you doing? Maybe offering a handshake, which in the history of the world, supposedly that means you're saying, I don't have a weapon in my hand, let's be friends. So maybe he's saying to Peter, I want to be your friend. Uh, But also it could be you can't receive anything unless you have an open hand. So maybe Jesus was saying, my hand is open, Peter. Why don't you cast all of your cares upon me? Which later in one of his books that he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse seven, that's exactly what Peter says. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. All of your cares. Don't carry those anxieties around. Don't burden yourself with those fears. Put them in the hand of Jesus and let him carry them. But also this open hand, I think, implies mostly that Jesus wants to hold Peter up in the water. He wants to make sure that he doesn't fall and sink in the water. So he reaches out his hand to Peter and takes hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith. Hmm. Folks, it seems like Jesus is suggesting here that you can have just a little bit of faith. And just a little bit of faith isn't enough to withstand some of the furious trials that you're going to have to face in life. It's not going to be enough to overcome some of the really strong storms that will happen in your life. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? You know, there are several other places in the Bible where doubt is not looked upon favorably. And I've always believed you you can doubt, but the question is, what are you going to do with that doubt? Uh, Someone once said that doubt should be the ants in the pants of faith. If your doubt moves you to find answers, if it takes you to God's word to find places in your heart that are weak, that's a good thing. But doubt that is resting continually in your heart will rob your heart of faith and cause fear to increase. And when they got into the boat, that's Jesus and Peter, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is something unique again to Matthew that adds to the story that after they got into the boat, the wind ceased and then the other disciples cried out, surely you are the son of God. They worshiped. That's important, folks, because when you have fear in your life, you can choose to either worry or worship. And these disciples learned that they needed to worship Jesus at this point. So again, as you look at these gospel accounts, you realize that Matthew is writing his gospel to the Jews. So he's adding some information here about Jesus walking on the water that would be particularly interesting to a Jewish audience, particularly Peter going on the water, because Peter was Jewish and he was well known in the Jewish community. And that would be a powerful way of proclaiming the gospel to them. Uh, Mark was trying to reach the Romans. Mark's gospel reads like USA Today. It's for all the Romans who just wanted the pithy to the point statements regarding what was going on in Jesus' life. So in Mark's gospel, you have a few more details added, but it's to the point specific. And in John's gospel, again, John looks at them and says, you know what, there are a lot of spiritual places missing. And so he just tells the story in its basic form, probably knowing that a lot of people also had Matthew and Mark that would fill in the blanks on other things that happened. Now, aren't you glad that we have All three gospel accounts ourselves to understand what Jesus wants us to know. Well, as I try to put all of these gospels together and then ask the question, so what? What do they mean for our lives today? I've come up with several different bullet points that might help all of us as we desire to eliminate fear and grow in our faith. First of all, realize storms will happen to us all. Storms happen to us all. You know, I think every evangelist who calls people to faith in Jesus should say, come to Jesus and never say, and then all your problems will be solved because they're not telling you the truth. One day all your problems will be solved. That's in heaven, but not yet here. We need to call people to Jesus and say, he'll be with you in the storm, but you're gonna have storms. That's the first point that comes to me. They happen to us all. They happen to Jesus' disciples. They'll happen to us today as well. Also, the storms that come to us in life will blow us off course. We think we're headed toward Capernaum and we end up in Bethsaida. That just happens, folks. But you need to know that the Lord over the storm, when he blows us to a different place than we anticipated, that place where we end up is really where he wanted us. You've got to trust him in the storm, even though we're blown off course. Where we end up is still where he wanted us to be. Third, God is near when it seems that he isn't. These disciples are rowing for nine hours against a wind, waves seven to 10 feet high, and they think Jesus is well off. But even on the mountain, he was looking down and seeing all of their strenuous effort. And it didn't take him, I think, but a second to jump down off that mountain, get on that sea of Galilee and walk to them. It may seem like God is distant from you right now, but he's not. Jesus is overseeing your life. He's praying for you and he can come to you in an instant. Indeed, he lives in you and is with you no matter what you are experiencing. Number four, what we think is demonic could be Jesus. Let me say that again. What we think is demonic could be Jesus. Remember, Jesus forced them into the boat. John, Peter, James, get in the boat, push the boat out himself. And when they were on the sea struggling with the different elements, they concluded that it was a ghost coming to them. It was the sea demon coming to them, but it was Jesus. And a lot of times, folks, we attribute to the demonic, which is really the Lord dealing with us and our lack of faith that's what he wants us to do is to grow a huge faith that can move mountains he wants us to trust him in everything so instead of saying this is demonic this is satan this is the evil one coming after me Ask the question, well, maybe the Lord over the storm in my life is the one who pushed me into the storm. He knew the storm was going to come. It didn't surprise him one second. But I'm in the storm straining in order to have Jesus come to me in a new, fresh, powerful way so my faith can increase and grow. Number five, one way to keep your heart from hardening is to remember past miracles. You know, Marilyn and I had the miracle of our infertility solved. And Marilyn, as a result of that, has put bunnies all over our house, little pristine rabbits. They're everywhere if you come into our house, but they're there for a purpose. They're to remind us that if God did a miracle one time, he can do a miracle again. So don't let your heart get hardened as time passes by and you're straining against different storms in your life. And eventually you come to the point of not believing. Always in the middle of the storm, don't let your hearts get hardened and remember the feeding of the 5,000. Remember the past time God came through for you and you will then see God come through for you again. Number six, you will reach the other side. You'll reach the destination that God wants you to arrive at. You may think it's over here and God has you arrive over there, but always trust it's really over there that God wanted you to arrive at all the time. Trust Him, He is the God over your destinations. He knows the storms that may seemingly blow you off course, but He is directing your paths to where He wants you to be. But most importantly, let's look just for a few minutes at how to overcome fear. For this scripture, I think, is mostly dealing with how to overcome fear. God does not want you to live in fear. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. If you're feeling overwhelmed by fear, it's not from the Lord. That is demonic because fear is what feeds the evil one himself. And I think when you have fear in your life, it's like inviting every demonic fly to come buzz around that fear in your heart. Jesus does not want it to be there. So how in the world do we overcome fear by looking at this text? Well, first of all, obey what God tells you to do. There's something supernatural that is unleashed when we obey what Jesus has told us to do. And people ask me then and say, well, David, uh, what do I need to obey for the supernatural to be released in my life? And here's my answer. Go back to the last place where you knew Jesus commanded you to do something. Have you done it? Whatever that might be, being generous to somebody, being loving towards somebody, forgiving somebody, getting rid of that bitterness in your heart. Whatever it might be, if you've been commanded by Jesus in obedience to let that go, move forward, go do something for him. If you've not done that, don't expect the supernatural. The supernatural is unleashed when we obey the Lord. And if you are struggling with a place where you've not yet obeyed him, go obey him there and then start to move toward more obedience with him and you'll start to feel his presence and experience his supernatural like never before. Also, Jesus is in your life's boat. Each boat on the Sea of Galilee is exemplary of our lives. And whatever boat you're in, whatever storm you may be facing, Jesus is with you in the boat. The best antidote to fear in the Bible is the presence of God. Supposedly, there are hundreds of places in the Bible where it says, do not be afraid. Hundreds of them. And yet, what is so interesting, after almost every one of them, it has, do not be afraid, for I am with you, says the Lord. Do not fear, for I am with you, says the God, my God. Isaiah 41, 10. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. Your rod and staff protect me. God's presence is the most powerful antidote to all of our fears. Jesus is with us in the boat. He is present. Also to overcome fear every single day, every single morning before you begin your day, put your hand in the hand of the one who created the universe. I mean, think about Hope Farm even and the glory and splendor of this creation, all of the beauty that surrounds us. Jesus oversees every second of what goes on here. Jesus oversees every bird that flies in the air. Jesus oversees every leaf that comes in on the trees. Jesus oversees every blade of grass that comes in from the ground. You put your hand in the hand of the one who stills the waters, but you put your hand in the hand of the one whose hand created everything in the world, you included. And when you do so, that peace that passes all understanding will be yours. Also choose to worship, not worry. When you have the opportunity to sing these songs online, sing them with all of your heart. If you're available with us, in person as we are gathered together increasingly, sing these songs. When you're driving in your cars, put on worship songs and sing those songs. Sing and worship the Lord and say regularly, surely you are the son of God. That was a reference to the divinity of Jesus in the boat as the disciples looked at him. They believed he was totally God and totally human. They worshiped him. Here's the truth. Jesus said in John 14, one, do not let your hearts be troubled. What does that imply? We let our hearts be troubled. When Peter focused on the size of the waves, he began to sink in the water. When he focused on the size of his Lord, he was able to walk on water. Folks, it is that simple. On what is your mind focused? What are you feeding your mind every day? If you feed your mind, worship that God is in control. Jesus is Lord. He loves you very much. Your heart will never be troubled. But when you focus on the size of the waves and you believe they're greater than the size of your God, that means that fear will start to surround you. Take heart. Be courageous. As our culture becomes increasingly secularized and godless, take heart. Be courage. Jesus is stronger. And he's calling us as his people to enter into this culture as strong, bold followers of him. We don't need to be afraid of anything. And even if we should die, we go immediately into Jesus' presence. There's nothing to fear in death. That's the whole Easter celebration and message. Fear does not have to be a part of our lives. We can focus our minds on faith, on belief. Jesus is Lord. And as we do so, fear starts to abate. And we live with our storms stilled in life. Do not be afraid. God is with you. Do not fear. He's your God. He will comfort you and he will hold you with his righteous right hand. What a great message from God's word for us all today. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, in Jesus name, through the power of your spirit, I thank you for these words. Lord, we even thank you for the storms in our lives, for they should be driving us closer and more intimately to you. Thank you for your presence in the storms. Thank you for the repeated message, take courage. It is I. You're the Lord of the universe. Don't be afraid. We're not going to be afraid because we know you are Lord. And when we focus on you, we can walk on water. We can be more than conquerors. We will not be victims. We will be victors and we will see the reigning power of Jesus in and through us. Thank you, Lord, that your word teaches us these truths. Thank you that we can claim them. And if there's anybody out there right now who does not know you, Lord, as Savior, all they have to do is confess their sins Say, Lord, I've met a mess of my life. Please forgive me. And you are forgiven. And Jesus will become Lord of your life and teach you how to obey him so that you can walk in the fullness of his discipleship. I pray that's happened to some viewers right now. And I pray that you would be baptized. You would find a church that will disciple you and help you grow in your understanding of the word of God and what he has for you in your lives. Thank you, Lord, again, for what you're doing in this church as you're using my words right now. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. It's in your name we ask this. Amen.
1: You're listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Coming up, David and I discuss today's Davidism called The Definition of Anxiety, A Divided Mind. We'll be right back.
2: What do you do when you began drinking at ages 10 to 12? Where can your life go when you started abusing drugs at ages 13 to 15? You want to be part of the fabric of society, yet you emotionally stop maturing the day your addiction took over your life at the tender age of 12. I'm Tony Marciano, President and CEO of Charlotte Rescue Mission, and we have served people who have stood at the intersection of homelessness and addiction for well over 80 years. But what is it that they really need? Well, beyond building a foundation of long-term sobriety in their life, how does one obtain the life skills they never learned but desperately need to thrive in society? You know, they should have learned them growing up, but now they're an adult. What do they do? And where do they go? Let me tell you where they come. Community Matters Cafe is more than just good food and house-roasted coffee. It's an extension program of Charlotte Rescue Mission that is transforming lives. The Rescue Mission provides free, Christian, residential, high-quality substance abuse recovery programs to members of our community. You know, and after men and women graduate from Charlotte Rescue Mission's 120 Day, Rebound Men's, and Doves Nest Women's residential programs, they have the option to enroll in the Life Skills Program at Community Matters Cafe. And during the six-month program, students learn a variety of critical skills in a restaurant setting that help them get and keep long-term employment. Community Matters Cafe is located diagonally opposite the Panther practice fields at the corner of Cedar and West 1st Street. Charlotte Rescue Mission is grateful for the financial partnership of Moments of Hope Church in this important life-changing ministry in our community.
1: Thanks for listening to Moments of Hope. I'm Jen Houston, and with me is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you, Jen, it's great being with you as well.
1: In this morning's e-devotion, you gave us some really good counsel about how to help overcome anxiety. Will you share some of those thoughts with our listeners?
0: I will, because the problem is so prevalent today. It has increased and been exacerbated, especially in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a serious rise in the number of Attempted suicides and also the ingestion of drugs and all kinds of ways to medicate oneself with the anxiety problem of today. And what I tried to get across with this moment of hope today was the idea that the definition of anxiety in the Bible is a divided mind. That literally is what the word anxiety means—a divided mind. So, the book I wrote uh, entitled "Overcoming Anxiety," uh, the premise of the book is to allow people to think about certain things which will help set their minds free from anxiety Mm -hmm. because we are what we think. And when we overcome anxiety, we are overcoming the power of anxiety coming into our minds and causing a divided mind where we focus on the problem and not the possibilities. When we focus on the difficulty instead of God's decision to set us free. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to get across today is when you overcome anxiety, you have understood you have a divided mind. And when you focus on the promises of God, when you focus on his faithfulness, you are then set free. You're allowed to enter into a place of rest. But when your mind focuses on the problem, on all the issues in our culture, in your personal life, that's what exacerbates anxiety. Mm -hmm. So you are what you think. Focus your mind on the promises of God and his word, and that's what will begin to help set you free.
1: This reminds me the opposite is, in my mind right now, is shalom, a wholeness, a completeness, a peace. And that is the counter. That's what Christ offers us.
0: Yeah. And and, and Paul said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm. Uh, He goes on in Philippians 6, verses 6 through 7 and says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, make your request known to God. And then he has this wonderful promise that accompanies that statement. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will be yours Mm. in Christ Jesus. Well, that word peace has an association with the shalom word you're talking about in the Hebrew the fullness of life, the fullness of God's presence, his overseeing providence of every situation in our life. And when we truly believe that, we can be set free from the anxieties which mm. beset us.
1: That is so good. We have a personal situation going on right now in our home where someone has taken advantage of us financially, and we're mm. trying to get that money back. And a mediator has come in and said, let me take this on. I'm going to give you your money, and I will go after and get this on my for myself. And I just thought, that is like Christ. Mm. He is taking on our burdens for us. Us, and we can just sit back and trust him.
0: Well, I love that idea because Christ is called the great mediator in the yeah. scripture. He's the one that stands in between us and our adversary. I think of this verse too, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you, and that word cast means a forcible throw, mm-hmm. and it's because he cares so much for us that we can cast our cares on him. When you think about the love of Jesus and how much he intimately cares for us, you know he'll take care of our big or or our small problems, we can cast them upon him. And that's what cures a divided mind. We have a solely focused mind on Jesus and Jesus alone.
1: So good. Thank you so much, David. <clears throat> well, and thank
0: you, Jen. And listeners, if you'd like to receive from me a written moment of hope every morning in your inbox, go to momentsofhopechurch.org. You can subscribe there. From my heart to yours, a way to start your day with a moment of hope. They're free of charge. I just love to give people hope, you folks especially.
1: This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. Today's message is from our Sunday morning worship service, and you can be a part of our service each Sunday morning at both 9 and 11 o'clock in person or by going to momentsofhopechurch.org. While you're online, be sure to sign up for David's daily Moments of Hope, delivered every morning to your inbox. Also, check out David's weekly HopeCast, They're both free and available through our website. Again, that web address is momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for peace in the Middle East.